We're going to be looking in the book of Ephesians today, in Ephesians 4. We are reading through the Bible in two years, so we're almost halfway done with the first round. Yay! This past week we were in, uh, we're in Ephesians, and we just finished that up. So we're going to be in Ephesians 4, 1 to 16, and we're going to be looking at uh, this idea of calling in the Bible. So listen very carefully to the language in Ephesians 4, 1 to 16 talking about calling right in the first verse. It says this, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave good gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave apostles and prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So verse 1 talks about a calling. And it's really interesting, when you look at the original language, uh, it says in the NIV that we just read, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received, the NIV translation is, is, is that, but in the Greek, the literal translation is, walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you've been called. It has this idea of action, of like today, that in the present tense, we are to walk in a, in a worthy manner of the calling that we've received. So this, this calling is what I want to talk about today. Now, what is the nature of the calling we have from God? Romans 11.29 says, For the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. That's one thing that we know about the calling, that God's calling to each person is irrevocable. And that's after a long conversation about uh, Gentiles, non-Jews, and Jews all coming to Christ. And the writer of, of uh, Romans, Paul, uh, says that the calling of God, he's convinced, is irrevocable. So that's very good news. So this often mystifies people. Who's God calling? And why am I one of the ones that got called? Why is it that, you know, I got to respond to this and God called that to me, but maybe God didn't call to these other people? What's going on? And for illumination into that question, we go into Matthew twenty-two fourteen, where it says, For many are invited, but few are chosen. Interesting phrase. Because it doesn't seem like if you choose people, you invite them. That makes sense. But the, the language is, Many are invited, a few are chosen. And the literal translation is called, many are called, but few are 
elected. Um, so there's, there's this interesting language. And to illuminate this, we're going to look into Matthew 22. And this is a parable that Jesus tells that I think really speaks to us about what this calling from God looks like and why some people respond and other people don't seem to, to respond at all. Matthew 22. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened calf have been butchered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. Well, if they didn't deserve to come, why did he invite them? What made them undeserving of coming to his banquet? Refusing the invitation. So it was a self... Um, they did it to themselves. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked, how did you not get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendees, tie him hand and foot, throw him outside into the darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. Many are called, few are elected. So there's this idea uh, when, it comes to, when it comes to God that this call has gone out over all the earth. Jesus died for your sins. Come to the party. Come to the wedding banquet I've prepared for you. It's not of your works. It's a gift of mine that I'm giving you. That's what this parable is speaking of. And for those who respond, who put on the correct wedding clothes to say, I'm going to receive the gift, the, the, the white, pure white garments that Jesus offers me, and they come to the banquet, you know, they're welcomed. But for those who hear the invitation and ignore it, you know, they're hopeless. They're more than hopeless. And, you know, what about those people that, that come to the banquet, but they refuse to come through Jesus Christ? Those people are hopeless as well. But something we need to know about calling is that many are called. God calls out to all people. It's his desire that none should perish, but all should come to a saving knowledge of his son, Jesus Christ. But people spurn that call all the time. They decide, you know what? I'm not going to elect to come to that banquet. I won't be there. I'm going to go and do my business. So one of these interesting points from Ephesians 1, Paul says, Live a, walk in a manner worthy of the calling in which you've been called. This is a present-day action step that you've been called, God's called you, and you need to live in a way that recognizes that you've been called. So in other words, if you are invited to the banquet... Go to the banquet. If you're told that you need to wear these wedding clothes, which is the, the spotless sacrifice of Jesus Christ for your sins, for goodness sakes, put on the wedding clothes. Don't go to the banquet with your works wrapped around you, which are like filthy rags. Go with the provided garments and heed the invitation. Walk in a manner worthy 
of the calling with which you've been called. Do that today. As if you were one of the people that was invited to this banquet. <coughs> Sorry, I'm post-Thanksgiving sickness here. So, when it comes to calling, this is the thing that's both glorious and also fearful. But not fearful in a way that you should lose sleep at night, but just something to think about as you're working out your salvation with fear and trembling, as the Bible says. God is not stingy with his invitations. He is giving them to those who we consider to be good people and those we consider to be bad people in this world. He's not stingy. He gives with liberality. He sows seeds on soil that he knows can't even produce crops because it's too hardened. God is always inviting. But few are chosen. Few become elected. Because few people decide to live up to the calling which they've received in Jesus. To put off their old way, to take on the new, and to receive the invitation fully. So in the present tense, yeah, we choose to walk. That means currently I'm doing it right now in a manner worthy of the calling in which we've been called. And in doing this, we make our calling and election sure. In other words, you prove to yourself, to the world, to God, I am a follower of yours. I'm not earning my salvation, but the way I live my life, the fruit of my life, is what shows that the puddin' is the puddin'. Proof's in the puddin', baby. I don't even know what that metaphor means just now, but whatever puddin' comes out of your life determines whether... No. It's a laid-back Sunday. But this is not a laid-back call at all. So people that are coasting, they, they, you know, I got saved, I received the invitation a long time ago, but they've like, they really haven't been walking it at all. I would be nervous about that. Because where's the fruit? Where's the truth that you are actually a follower of Jesus? Are you, are, are you continually renewed by the gospel that it is a free gift? Or have you begun to think more highly of yourself than you should? And thinking, you know, I think I actually deserve to be at this banquet. I'm going to wear my snazzy suit. Never forget. The master calls everybody, the son desires that none should perish, but that should, all should come to a saving knowledge of God. But few are chosen. Few decide to take him up on that. And fewer still decide to wear the wedding garments that are required to get in. So that's a, this idea of be, being called, that we're all called, and the ones of us who, who walk in it, we're the ones who become the guests of the party. There's also this idea not just the present moment, but growing into your calling throughout your lifetime. Over the long haul of your life, you've been called to live differently. And again, um, we tend to focus a lot on behaviors as Christians. People are sinning, not sinning. A lot of times there's other stuff going on in us that we have to deal with until we, before we can address those behaviors that are underneath uh, causing us to do these things. But Truthfully, over the long haul of your life, are you living differently than if you didn't know Jesus at all? That's a question. Does Christianity make more of a difference than just your Sunday morning plans? Or is it a part of your life that, that works its way through your life? Um, 
grow into your calling over the long haul of your life. You've been called to live differently. The Bible says our calling and election is made sure by how we live our lives. We do not earn our salvation, but we show that we are saved through how we each respond to God's call over the long haul. As long as we have breath in us, we have the opportunity to walk out our salvation. There's great hope in this. You could have been coasting for the last 30 years, just thinking, oh, I'm saved, but, if, but not really walking out your salvation in any kind of way. And today you can hear God's voice saying, hey, wake up. You can wake up. Go back to those wedding garments. Get back to the celebration. That's the amazing thing about Jesus. This brings us to 2 Timothy 1, 9, and 10. It says, God has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. But it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has destroyed death, has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. He saved us and called us to live a holy life, not because of anything we've done, but because of his own purpose and grace. And we are called to live in this different way, um, not to save ourselves, but so that we can show that we are followers of God to fulfill his purposes and to show his grace to the world. Second Peter 1, 3-11, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So you've been called by God. You've been invited. God's called many others, but not everyone has been chosen because not everyone has been willing to wear the garments to change their lives, to come to the celebration. People have not added, as this passage says, to their faith, goodness. Jesus is saving grace. They've not added to their goodness knowledge about God. They haven't sought after God or come to look into what he, who he is. They've not added to personal self-control uh, to their knowledge about God in the face of temptation. They've not added to their self-control, perseverance in that self-control over the long haul of their lives. And thus, they have not been able to become godly at all. They look nothing like him. They have not grown in affection for Jesus. They have not grown in affection for the church. And so, they have violated the first and greatest commandment on which all the other commands hang. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, your soul, and your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
as it says in Revelation, your love has grown cold. If we do not add, walk out our calling and election, if we do not add to our faith goodness, don't add goodness, knowledge, don't add uh, self-control to knowledge about God, um, and don't persevere, maybe we're not walking out our salvation anymore. Maybe we're just coasting. This is not God's best for us. It's certainly not his will. God wants us to grow from that initial point of calling that we've received in Christ and to take that process off of hold to put it into full swing again. It says in Ephesians, in our passage today, Ephesians 1, 4-6, He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. In love, He predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will to the praise of His glorious grace, which He has freely given us and the one he loves. He's chosen us to be holy and blameless in this sight, to become godly, to become people of love, who love God and love other people. We haven't been called just to be saved as like a fire insurance policy. We've been called for a purpose. And God is calling us deeper. So likewise, it says, as it says in Ephesians 4, we read earlier today, in light of all this, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And ultimately, we are called to make our calling and election sure so that we can, so that our entire church body can grow to be all that it can be. As, if we as individuals are not taking these things to heart, if we are receiving the invitation and ignoring it, if we are not putting on those wedding clothes and really walking the best that God has for us, it impacts the whole body of Christ. And we become a sick body. Our passage ends with this reminder from Ephesians 4. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. If you will make your calling and election sure by following in the, way of, in the way of Jesus, by walking at your salvation, by taking your life off of cruise control, and beginning to engage with what God's Holy Spirit is doing in you, then we'll be, we'll, we will start growing up. We'll start growing up as a church. We'll start growing up as individuals. We will be sturdy and solid, and the body of Christ will be built up. So the worship team is going to come forward and uh, close us out with a song. I want you to close your eyes and just imagine... Imagine this scene as if you are part of it. You receive an invitation. You are called to attend a great banquet, a feast. And with that invitation comes a cardboard box with white garments. And the invitation simply says, put this on and come to this banquet. You think to yourself, I wonder if I have time to go there. 
I wonder if my work schedule will allow for this. I'm not really happy at the other people that got invited to this banquet. I don't know if I want to sit at the same table as that person. You put it off, you put it off. That's one way of looking at it. Another way is to say, yes, I will complete this invitation by receiving it. In fact, I'm going to put it on my calendar and look forward to it. I'll put on those white clothes and attend this banquet. And I'm going to continue in this same kind of commitment every day. Whatever the king calls me to, I'm going to do it. Whatever he asks me to turn from, I'm going to do it. Anytime he speaks to me, I'm going to try to learn more of who he is. I'm going to read his biography. I'm going to read his book. I want to know and love God. That person is the person who's chosen, who's elected. The person who comes to the banquet and goes deeper and deeper. May we be those people who are so open to our Lord and Savior Jesus who's literally invited us in, who has literally called us through Jesus Christ to attend this banquet. He has called us to live holy and blameless lives, to become people who are knowledgeable, self-controlled, godly, full of love for other people and love for God. Not just cruising through life, but living differently as a result of the calling that we've received. May we be those people. Let's join in worship.